0: Oh, it's that time of the week again. Even if you're driving on the 400 northbound, open your windows and say, Yes, guy. Doesn't that feel good? Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. Accomplished writer, Perry Lefko. Perry, what's happening?
2: Jim, how are you doing? You've been the busiest guy in broadcast in the past (laughs) few days, the past few weeks.
0: I've been running around in a circle, but I love it, and, uh, you know, it's only temporary, so another busy week ahead, but uh, plenty of R&R time ahead, so you have to sort of break it down as uh, one day at a time and enjoy each moment. Uh, The Olympics, fantastic. Just love it. What a week that was. Yeah, it's
2: kind of like getting up to watch the Open, the British Open. Here you get up and watch all these events, and... I told you a couple weeks ago it was going to take something to trigger the interest in the Olympics, and we've seen it now. The Enthusiasm reminds me a lot of the uh, Pan Am Games in 2015. Everybody got excited because Canada did so well.
0: Great guest list. I'll get to that shortly. Fox Forty, proud to announce the launch of Ron Foxcroft's new book, The Forty Ways of the Fox. Order your copy today at Fox40shop.com. Net proceeds go to Liberty for Youth and City Kids, two organizations that do wonderful work in our community. And looking for an exper- experienced, yes guy, looking for an experienced real estate agent. Charles Park, managing broker, Remax West Realty Brokerage, has twenty-six award-winning years of real estate experience. So looking for the highest level of knowledge, experience, and service with Charles. Charles Park in your corner. Visit charlespark.ca or call them or text them at 647-292-8886. Servicing from Hamilton to Kingston, from Toronto to Muskoka. Charles Park will not be outworked by anybody. So coming up with the broadcast today, a couple of uh, representatives. Brian Levine reps, Andre DeGrasse, and uh, yes, I can hear you. Are you there? Perry, are you there? Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you for that. Coming up with the broadcast today, Brian Levine, um, he is uh, repping... uh, Andre DeGrasse, and uh, Christine Sinclair, and uh, also Todd Reynolds, who reps Zach Hyman, and also we'll have CFL official and help me out with the name, Perry Brian Trupolo, right? Yes, sir. Okay, and and the spirited edition of Yes Guy, No Guy to round out the proceedings. So I like the guest list. It's all your work, so uh, thank you for that. I appreciate it.
2: Well, we'll let the guests decide how good it is, Okay.
0: Well, usually I let the listeners decide, but if that's the way you want to go, you you go right ahead. All right. <laughs> I I mean the the, the how, how many times did you get emotional watching the Olympics this week? Because I got to tell you, uh, I, I, more than one person has said we must be getting soft because uh, there was just such raw uh, happy emotion, wasn't there?
2: I think Canadians as a whole like to cheer for you know for their fellow Canadians. We are not quite as as bullish as Americans are about their American stars, but this has been so unprecedented what happened this week and basically throughout the Olympics. I think everyone's you know saw a little uh, uh, their inner emotions come out.
0: Um, and what was your favorite moment, or was there one? Could you even have one? I'd have
2: to say the ladies' soccer was it, right? Because it was just it was. You know, that's it. Whoever gets the most goals wins, and it just didn't happen. It kept going and going. So uh, I'd say that was it—a really gutsy play by the Canadian goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, and and yeah, the, the look on her face. Uh, you could see it all through the uh, the penalty kicks. Uh, even when they started to go to the far corner and it looked like they'd figured something out, uh, she always had that, that firm look in her eyes, and, and you could just tell that, that I just I couldn't see a way that she was going to lose. That's how it struck me. I, I, I thought even when they were down in that shootout, I thought, she's got that look. There's no way they're going to lose, and they did not.
2: Yeah, I don't know how the thing works with, with Christine Sinclair coming out towards the end of the game. It was kind of shocking she wasn't in there. Maybe Brian can help us out with that, but I thought... It would have been perfect if she was the one that scored the winning goal, but have, you know she's a team player, and it worked out overall for everybody.
0: Yeah, well, it did, uh, and uh, maybe that's we'll, we'll find out if that was her It must have been her call. I mean, she didn't seem to be upset about it, so, uh, and that's sort of a passing of the baton, right?
2: Sure is, right? Um, she's done so much. She's 38 years old. Again, Brian can maybe tell her about her future, but she had done everything in her career. Uh, the greatest goal scorer in women's soccer history. All she needed was something like that, or maybe she didn't, but she got it, and I'm sure maybe she'll think of that as the the biggest thing that's ever happened to her in her career.
0: Let's bring in Brian Levine now. He's repping DeGrasse and Sinclair. Brian, welcome. Thanks for stopping by. How are you? I am great, thank
3: you. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's been a magical week, to say the least, for. And our clients and uh, um, obviously all Canadian Olympians competing in the country, I think we needed a, a little boost coming out of COVID. And uh, just, just amazingly, the games happened, to be honest. We, we were all, everyone was wondering, let's be honest. So uh, as Andre said in some of his interviews, he was just grateful to get to the start line.
0: Uh, and just, you know, there's so many calls that you would have to make. So what was your, uh, in, in terms of, of the people you're repping, DeGrasse and, and Sinclair, you know, what what was said, to, how did you contact them, and, and, and how did that go? And, and congratulations.
3: Oh, um, yeah. Uh, oh, boy, I'm trying to think of when I first connected with Andre. I think I actually just spoke to him on the phone for the first time yesterday. Uh, we were texting back and forth, um, you know, after his, each of his races, but... You know, with the time difference, he has a family back in Jacksonville. Three kids, his partner Nia Lee, so his mom. I was kind of sensitive to that. So, with with the time difference, uh, there was there was a very limited window of time he could get on the phone with anyone. Uh, but yeah, yesterday we caught up for a good chunk of time, and um, yeah, he's pretty pumped. Uh, it was a little a little tough for him because of the prime time, you know, requirements and the time difference. He only I think he was going on about an hour's sleep, so he had to push back his interview with Scott Russell by an hour so he
2: could he could
3: gather himself a little bit after his eight races in nine days.
2: Brian, you've had and, an interesting relationship with Andre, and when Andre did so well, you set up a press conference or a media conference you know, at his mother's place. So how did you do something like that, and was it interesting to see the reaction of her, both watching it on TV and also being there in person to talk about it?
3: Uh, not really surprised by her reaction. I've been really fortunate. I've known... You know, Andre and Beverly since the summer of 2015, um, just prior to the Pan Am games. So I was with her in Rio celebrating and, you know, there's been other moments that, that I was in Doha for the world championships back in 2019, you know, when he sort of, um, you know, gathered that confidence back coming out of those injuries for a couple of years. So I wasn't surprised at all about, um, about Beverly's reaction, her joy, um, how she carries herself. She's become a real pro. Um, but yeah, in terms of a press conference, it was kind of necessity, and and what I mean by that was obviously we're you know understandably getting uh, a lot of media requests coming in from all different angles, and so I just said to Beverly, hey, I, I think the best thing to do is is let's set up a press conference in your backyard. Let, let's have a media availability. We worked with um, the Canadian Olympic Committee and Athletics Canada to issue a media release or an advisory saying, hey, Beverly's available, but we also. Uh, had Tony Sharp, his first coach who, um, you know, discovered his talent, nurtured his talent, helped him get a scholarship, all those great things. And, um, Helen Manning, who's the, um, the chair of, um, of Athletics Canada. So, um, yeah, it's just sort of, otherwise Beverly probably would have been on the phone or being requested to do interviews, you know, for the next 48 hours. So we got a lot of those out of the way, did some one-on-ones, and, uh, there's been a few, um, subsequent interviews, uh, after that.
0: Brian, I'm assuming you, you've talked to Christine Sinclair as well. Is that right? Yeah, well, just
3: through text, you know. She's. Uh, I want to give her space to to uh, celebrate. It's a little different dynamic, right? You know, Andres mm-hmm. on the you know Canadian Olympic track and field team, but let's be honest, it's a little bit more of an individual sport. So his his um, group or his inner circle isn't just you know the track athletes on the team, but it's others outside, right? Whereas with with Sink or you know Sink, that a lot of you know she goes by or Sinky or Christine, you know. She has all these amazing teammates. Um, and, um, but yeah, I I gotta say one thing that kind of blew my mind, and I I hope you won't be embarrassed, but I gotta give credit where credit's due. One of the coolest uh, calls I've gotten in my career was Wayne Gretzky's brother, uh, Glenn reaching out a few days ago saying, Hey, could I get Christine's number? Um, Wayne would like to reach out. So, you know, that was pretty, pretty cool, right? You know, the greatest supporting one another. Um, and it was classy that he did it you know didn't do it on instagram just privately now everyone knows i suppose but uh <laughs> i, I got to <laughs> he he might have he might have provided a little bit of that uh, extra confidence uh, the ladies needed but um you know I'll, I'll be speaking to Sink, i hope later today and uh no doubt i mean she's coming back to resume her duty with uh, the portland thorns from the national women's um soccer league um uh, sorry not the national <laughs> the nwsl Forgive me. I, I'm going a little bit a lack of sleep here. but um, And a lot, of, a lot of the ladies on the team are going to be going back to their teams over in Europe or in the U.S. Uh, or elsewhere. So um, full steam ahead for her.
2: Brian, I mentioned to Jim before about when Christine took herself out of the game. Do you know why she did it? And did she ever express to you that she thought she needed to win a medal, like a gold medal in soccer, just to cap off her career because of everything else she had done?
3: Um, I, I wouldn't uh... – you know, I, I, I've certainly, you know, talked to her about these sort of things, but not, you know, directly about gold, silver, or bronze. You know, I think, I know she had the conviction and, and the confidence that they were capable of winning a gold medal. You know, did her and the other teammates think they actually would? Who, who, who really knows, right? But um, I don't think she needed to win a gold medal to, to cement her legacy or, you know, the love the Canadians have for her. I think certainly she'll get more credit outside of canada now because she's such an unassuming you know slightly introverted kind of person and and so you know she doesn't want the limelight she although i have to say she's gotten better over the last few years with understanding that the platform she has is a powerful one and if she can use that platform to shine the light on you know up-and-coming players and causes that are near and dear to her whether it's you know multiple sclerosis you know, the only plug I'm going to give to any corporate partner, because it's important because of the money they raise, is the a Burgers to Beat MS Tour coming up in a couple of weeks. So that's going to be one of her first responsibilities when she comes back to Canada. But I'll leave it there on the corporate, on the sponsored pop plugs. But, you know, her mom has MS. So that's a that's a, a cause that's near and dear to her. But beyond that, I'd say the other thing that she's really championing is just, you know, trying to drive equality and, in, in, um, in, you know, gender equality in sport. Right. And um, I think this will go a, a very, very long way. Um, you know, not just for her. You know, not for her. It's it's for the sport of soccer, for women's sport in general, um, you know, with media attention, the, the, you know, the very fact that you're talking to me about her right now, right? Um, that's real important stuff. But, yeah, her coming out of the game, honestly, I don't know if, if that was her doing, if that was the coach. I think she was just exhausted, to be honest. And at the end of the day, it's you know, it's this passing of the torch that's been going on for a while now, right? um yeah there we are
0: uh you know you you sort of opened the door on this i mean when when people were talking soccer even before the gold medal win they were talking about a some sort of a, a canadian professional league for for women's soccer and, and obviously that's a void um what would it take to get that done
3: well i think uh long it can't be um it has to be a long-term play a long-term view right um you know, professional yep. sports of all types are an expensive proposition, and there's a lot of, um, you know, moving pieces involved. So, you know, to think, you know, there's sort of, and, I, and by, by no means am I an expert in, in this particular space. I, I spent a, a short period of time actually with your friend Perry here working at the CFL back in 2008, 2009. But um, what, what I could say, you're going to need some 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 investors who are invested for the greater good. Um, there is no doubt a business model, there, you know, you just see social impact, community investment, you know, what's happened over the last couple of years with COVID and all kinds of things. So I, I think more and more corporate sponsors are going to be leaning into, you know, not just the sizzle of a few key male dominated sports, but, you know, what, what Canadians want, what little kids want, right? Um, so I think over long, long term, it can be a very sustainable, profitable business, but I think initially you're going to need some, some deep pocketed individuals you know no different than ex- that's what's happened in the cfl right um not all the franchise turn a, turn a profit um so we need that but you know you guys bring shedding light on this and i know you know the leadership at canada soccer certainly wants this canada soccer business and no doubt there are a lot of conversations taking place right now there have been conversations taking place for a while i'm not privy to all of them but definitely some people have reached out to Christine directly to get her involved so i look forward to um you know supporting her however i can with you know h- how involved she wants to be in that process
0: brian really appreciate your time thanks very much hey no problem thank you that's brian levine uh, the twitter account at envision se is the uh, agency repping uh, andre degrasse and, and uh, christine sinclair so very nice get perry well done
2: yeah, I just want to say that he also represents Paralympic athletes as well. I was going to ask him how he got involved in something like this, but, I mean, it's a big accomplishment for his athletes. I think it's a big accomplishment for him, too, as an agent in kind of a niche market.
0: Yeah, Stay safe in the water this summer for all your marine safety needs. Visit Fox40Shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your entire order. If you are an experienced real estate agent looking for a comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park Managing Broker Remax West Realty Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. For a confidential interview, call 647-292-8886 or email charles at remaxwest.net. This is YESGUY, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Fox 40, proud to announce the launch of Ron Foxcroft's new book, The 40 Ways of the Fox. Order your copy today at Fox40shop.com. Net proceeds go to Liberty for Youth and City Kids two organizations that do wonderful work in our community. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one eight seven 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 three four three zero five five 734 3055 or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. And, you know, with 30 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. That's a good equation. Financial Clarity and Comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Let's bring in Todd Reynolds now from Uptown Hockey, Zach Hyman's representative. Todd, welcome. How are you today, sir? Doing great, Jim. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for joining us. And and just, you know, I I guess a general question off the top, the the, the Zach Hyman departure from the Leafs, how difficult was that?
1: Well, it was uh it, it, I guess more so probably jim than than in in most uh usual cases, just because of the dynamic there Zach being from Toronto, you know uh, born and raised uh used to wear the leaf pajamas to bed as a child, uh, as many people know so it was it was difficult for him
2: Todd, you and I had talked a few days ago, and I mentioned what was interesting about this particular transaction was that. You were working with the Leafs, whose general manager, Kyle Dubas, used to work with you. And that's how I got to know you guys several years ago. So tell me about why this may have been not just a, a different from any other transaction, because Kyle had actually traded for, uh, um, for Zach.
1: That's right. Yeah, he did. Uh, Zach was property of the Florida Panthers, of course, back uh, throughout his college career at Michigan. And then Kyle uh traded for him. I think it was his first transaction Perry uh if not one of the one of the first for Greg McKay. uh but yes we all used to work together and uh my dad Don Reynolds who who both of you know um we all worked together and we we probably joked about it actually uh when Kyle was leaving that you know one day we we'll, you know won't it be funny if we're in a negotiation together or we have uh you know a chance to sit on on the opposite sides of the table. And of course we, we've had, uh, instances to do that over the years with other clients, uh, not just Zach Hyman. But in this case, uh, you know, we all worked very hard to try to find a, a way to, to get it done. And, and ultimately it just, uh, wasn't possible due to their cap situation.
0: Todd, can you give us sort of an overview of you know what you've been through and what you're going to go through over the next couple of weeks getting people signed in, in terms of what the market is? And I know it's going to be different for every type of player, but, but how, how has COVID affected us? And we all understand about the flat cap.
1: Well, last year, Jim, the, the bottom fell out of it, I, I thought, you know, pretty quickly uh, last summer. This summer seems to be quite different. It, it seems like there's... Uh, uh, just a lot more optimism in, in, the, in general. And uh, teams are, are back to spending uh, and doing their business the same way that they did prior to COVID.
2: Todd, I asked you before about Zach Heim. Now I'm going to ask you about Mike Fisher because you represented him when he was playing and the trade that was made from Ottawa to Nashville because he wanted to be close to his wife, Carrie Underwood. How did that whole transaction work?
1: Oh, that's, I mean, really, that's Brian Murray, the late Brian Murray, who was a real gentleman about it, Perry. He, um, I think had, had, uh, orders from above to shed some salary there in Ottawa. And Mike was a very desirable player, um, you know, playing well and, and represented good value and so forth. So there was quite a strong market for him throughout the league. And, um, that was right about the same time as, as Mike Fisher and Carrie Underwood coming together and, and, um, you know, the, the importance in Mike's mind of being close to her, being with her somewhere where it would work well with her business. So we went to Brian Murray and, and asked him, um, obviously he had a job to do, but we asked him, you know, if he could kindly accommodate, uh, to one of two teams. And I think it was either LA or, or Nashville at the time, uh, that would be the, the best fit for them as a family, for the Fisher-Underwood family. And um, he, of course, accommodated. Uh, and, and I think it was a way for him to uh, j- just show his appreciation, maybe to Mike Fisher for over the years and the type of, of guy he was and what he had done in the community there in Ottawa. And um, we were very grateful for it. I mean, that was all Brian Murray.
0: Todd, we've had several discussions with others about uh, gambling-related revenue because it's it's going legal in in many states, and, and there's the, the the single game thing um, that's happening in Canada. The first the first question is the the gambling revenue that could be generated by a team is that considered hockey-related revenue?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know, Jim. That's a good question. I, I would imagine that it would be, but I don't know that.
0: Uh, and, and in terms of what you could generate for a client, there, this, that's got to open up a big door, doesn't it?
1: Uh, I mean, I would, I, I, I don't know. That's a good question, and, and I, I don't know that I'm in a position to comment on it. I just know that in the past, there's been rules and regulations against players endorsing anything gambling-related, okay? so So that would obviously be, quite a shift in the position of the league and the players association to, um, you know, to now see uh, uh, players endorsing, you know, various uh, betting sites.
2: Todd, there's so many uh, player agents out there, a lot of hockey agents and your agency is different because you don't deal with volume. You deal with maybe a, a very limited stable, so to speak. What do you look for? when you're going to uh, ask someone or to represent somebody?
1: Well, we look for character. You know, we look for the intangibles. And I think Zach Hyman and and certainly Mike Fisher, you know, those are great examples of, of that. And generally, Perry, our experience has been that those players overachieve. Uh, they They seem to make up for any you know, perceived lack of ability or talent uh, that they might have at a younger age where they're being um, overlooked. So we, we are very big on the intangibles and uh, leadership. A lot of our players are captains and assistant captains and they're important, uh, valuable pieces in the dressing room, you know, in a, in a team's culture and community. So that's that's really our brand.
0: Uh, Todd, general question, not aimed at, at anybody, but this is a media term, hometown discount. Has anybody ever said that to you?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it comes into play sometimes. And, uh, of course, teams want to capitalize on that when uh, when they, they know a player doesn't want to leave uh, a given city. Um, some players are indifferent, Jim, as you know. It doesn't really matter where they play. Uh, and, and some, it's worth it for them to play or less in a given city.
2: Todd, maybe you can explain to me, because i asked just other agents, like it's kind of the off-season right now, most of the work is done, or is there because there's still some agents out there, not necess- or some players out there, not necessarily yours, do you guys ever get a legitimate holiday?
1: Uh, I mean, when you're done, uh, Perry, when you're done, you, you know, when, when you're, all your clients are, are settled, and uh sign then yeah you take a you know a bit of a deep breath but in the meantime you know you continue to work at it and uh you try to get everyone done because their their future um you know their livelihood is in your hands so you're working hard to try and get everyone squared away uh, as early as possible
0: and there's the RFA and, and and arbitration work that still has to be done how dicey is arbitration
1: uh, it's obviously something that both sides want to avoid. I think it's a, it, it's an excellent tool in terms of moving the process along, Jim, and, and getting things done. Uh, we went through it last year, uh, with a client, Tyler Bertuzzi in Detroit. Uh, so we went through that process with Steve Eiserman and the staff there. And, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, it it was it was a good tool. It ensures that the player is signed and in camp on time. So I, I think there's a time and a place for it, certainly. But of course, as both of you would know, most of the players that file, they settle ahead of time. So they don't go through with a hearing. Whereas in Bertuzzi's case, we actually went through with the hearing.
0: And just to maybe dispel, I mean, in the past you'd hear horror stories about what was said, and without asking specifics, is it, has it been cleaned up a bit?
1: I think so. I mean, I think everyone understands the process going in. Uh, it was interesting, last summer, ours was by Zoom. It was actually the first hearing conducted by Zoom because of this whole COVID situation that we're in. Normally it would have been in a room together and in person. Uh, so maybe it was a bit more sterile uh, last year, in a sense, I'm not sure, but um, I think people understand the process. It doesn't really get too personal other than the instances where a team, you know, has to maybe speak to certain uh, concerns or, or negative aspects of a player's game, uh, but they do it in a professional manner for the most part. Uh, I, I've never seen it, you know, reduced to uh, name-calling or, or you know, uh, demeaning a
0: player. Hmm. Todd, thanks very much. Really appreciate it.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Take care. Nice to talk to both of you again.
0: Thanks. Thank you. Todd Reynolds, Uptown Hockey. And uh we'll take a break, and on the way out, let me tell you that if you want to stay safe in the water this summer for all your marine safety needs, visit fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your entire order. This segment was sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors, Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 734 3055 or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. With 30 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money and get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. This is Yes Guy, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeart Radio apps. Welcome back to Yes Guy. Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you are considering purchasing, refinancing, or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. He specializes in mortgage financing for purchases, refinances, home equity line of credit, and private lending. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Visit his website, DeanRomani.com or give them a call at 416-885-1761. So it was interesting, Perry, to have earlier two different representatives of of different type of, uh, I guess, agents, or sorry, different type of athletes and and, and two different takes on things, but uh, I kind of liked if you blended those two conversations together, you'd learn quite a bit.
2: Yeah, because you're talking about agents of of different needs, different sports, and uh, it's just really interesting. We seem to hear more and more about the agents than the clients because especially with what happened in basketball last week with those enormous outrageous contracts I, I just think that uh, earning forty to sixty million dollars a year I think the common man just can't relate to that anymore
0: well, you can't relate to it except for, I mean, it's always based on a percentage of what the, 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 the revenue is by the team. So nobody's going broke here. I mean, I've, I've struggled with this argument for years where people will say it's too much money. Well, in some respects it is, but in other respects it's a negotiated percentage. Um, so would it be okay for the corporation to get all the money? I don't think so.
2: No, I mean, you know, people are going to say it's the players that are the show, not not the owners. But the owners are paying for the players to have this show, so it's just kind of like this twist, tug, and, and pull, whatever you want to call it, about this, this enormous amount of money that is being generated now, largely through TV, and then I think yes. it's something like I think the CFL, where these guys are, are not making the money commensurate with, with the job they're doing.
0: Well, I think the, the CFL wage is, is the trouble spot uh, in terms of it's not uh, on a par with everything else, and, and there's a, there's an equation that gets it there. Uh, but I think if you go to uh, the NFL argument, which we'll get to when we go to yes guy, no guy uh, later on, we'll, we'll sort of uh, develop that for you. Let's bring in CFL official Brian Krupolo now. Brian, welcome. How are you today? I'm good. Yourself? Uh, uh, great. I'm stumbling there because I just got caught off guard, and and, and I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, you have a great story. You're a CFL official, uh, policeman in Winnipeg for 27 years, uh, maybe more now, and and of course you worked with the Bear Clan Patrol. Bear Clan Patrol, a community-based solution to cr- crime prevention that serves the Aboriginal community in, in Winnipeg. So so first of all, let, let's deal with with the easy topic of returning to the CFL. What's that like?
4: Uh, after twenty months of, of football and being off uh, at first it was uh, it was a nice, it was a nice break to you know to to sort of put your feet up and, and take a look at what's going on in society and then you know when you get ready for football it's it's different and to come back on the field, it was very emotional uh, for me personally uh, to get back on the field and to have the interaction with the players and, and so many of the guys coming up and asking how you're doing and so we even had one player ask how my family is, and it was a very emotional uh, welcome back to the, uh, to the season, and to kick it off
2: was, was, uh, was really
4: uh, a great event.
2: Brian, there's an initiative going on this weekend uh, pertaining to Every Child Matters to acknowledge the children's families victimized by a residential school system. The officials are wearing orange pins, so you initiated this. How did that whole thing come about? <clears throat> I
4: was talking to the director of officiating, Darren Hackwood, and he mentioned uh, that the league was looking to to do something to recognize what was going on. And um, I contacted a couple of people that I know in the in the community, and, and we had um, Tamara Muswagon from Pikangikum First Nation. Um, she created the pins for us, and uh, the league approved them. And uh, we actually, I got them made, had them made, uh, and picked up early this week. the The Winnipeg ones were easy to deliver because I'm here. But sending them out to everybody else across Canada, um, it was a bit of a rush and uh, and it was really really nice that the that the league wanted to do something to recognize what was going on so so wearing a a, a ribbon with uh, with a little shirt uh, orange was uh, something that the guys really really liked as well.
0: So Brian, when you see that symbol whether it's on your your uniform or anybody else's what what does that trigger?
4: You know, it's, it's bringing, it's bringing forward a conversation that, that needs to happen. We're not gonna, we're not gonna go forward if we don't talk about what happened in the past. And, you know, there were some errors and, and situations that happened. And, you know, it's, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the topic of conversation in a hundred years to say we did something wrong and we need to, we need to work together to, to move forward. And, you know, Orange Shirt Day is, is a huge thing across Canada and, uh, to recognize it and to, to, to say yes. You we we understand, we feel your pain of what's going on, and and we're here, and and
2: let's go. So, Brian, you're an indigenous police officer. You've done a lot of work in the community in Winnipeg. You're just helping, you know, maybe people in a a tough situation. Why does this, all this, you know, mean so much to you? Is it because you're an indigenous person and you could really relate to it all?
4: Yeah, I I grew up in the North End, um, which is a, you know, it's a, slightly impoverished neighborhood you know you have a a full mix of of everything there from from you know people living in poverty homelessness to to people that are you know independently wealthy business people um so growing up you see a lot of that and and you know we didn't need to go to a food bank but but uh you know knowing people that did and and being part of the bear clan to to be in the director who does the who did the fundraising for for the food program that we had for the last year because of covid where people were struggling to to find healthy food options uh raised almost a million dollars to to help 400, 400 families a week get a food hamper uh for a year uh is a, is a very daunting task uh seeing what what the community needs and being from the community being indigenous like you said um being a police officer seeing a lot of the things that that people don't normally see um, you know, people will read about it in the news, but but to see those things firsthand, to, to have those experiences, uh, you know, people sometimes people don't like the police officers um, and it's understandable. But but they're not mad at the individual police officer. They're mad at the uniform. You can transfer that to to officiating. Uh, the players aren't mad at at the at me, but they're mad at the uniform that I'm wearing because I've had to do something. I've had to make a call. So you know, to gain that understanding, to be an indigenous, um, an indigenous man in my community, uh, to to support and empower the women in our community like we're supposed to, uh, women are our leaders. To be able to do all of those things and to see them all sort of come together uh, with a with a greater purpose is uh, is something that it's it's been a lot of work for a lot of years, 27 years as with the police, and the last four years with the Bear Clan. Um, and then helping out with uh, with this initiative for the CFL, where I've been for 16 years. It's it's been a it's been a lot of a lot of great things coming together, and, and working with great with great uh, organizations as well.
0: So, Brian, you're the board chair of the Bear Clan, um, and obviously, it's, it's it's it gets better as it goes on. Where would you like to see this go?
4: Yeah, I'd like to, uh, for clarification, I, I was the board chair and uh, the food program became so much that I, I needed somebody else to take over that spot so I could run that. Um, and then what I'd like to see the organization, I'd like to see it become self-sustainable because you can't just keep going back to government agencies and saying we, we ran out of money, we need money. Uh, I'd like that that group to become self-sustainable and, and be able to take care of the, the community members we're taking care of. Um, we get a lot of grants and we're able to to get equipment to be out on patrol, uh, to to help people in need and assistance. Unfortunately, sometimes it's drug related, and and we have to administer Narcan to, to revive people that are having a, a drug issue. Um, so, you know, to to help with food, to help with with organizations, and and we partner with a lot of great organizations and grocery stores that help us with donations. Um, but to become self sustainable, so we don't have to worry about where. You know, are you going to be able to pay the people at work for the organization? I'm a volunteer, uh, strictly volunteer my time. The want to pay police service allows me to do that, and they they work in in connection with us to uh, to do those things. We we have a lot of great officials, and, and you know they've put some money together for me a couple of times to support some of the initiatives that I that I'm doing, and it's been really good uh, and and very rewarding personally for for me to be able to do those things with my friends.
2: Brian I know there's a program for training people to become police officers is there a program to train people to become CFL officials and and secondly do you have to be in shape to do something like that
4: you know um, you have to be in shape for both of both of my jobs Um, you know we're talking about this yesterday 20 months off and you can do a lot of hours on a treadmill running straight but when a player changes direction on you in the middle of the field and you have to move and, and twist that's that's a little bit different than uh, being in game shape and being in shape are two different things, and, and it's going to take it'll take a couple of games to get used to the to the switch and the turning and the twisting and running. Um, with the Winnipeg Police Service, we are currently doing a um, a drive for like a workshop for Indigenous people uh, and a workshop uh, at the end of the month for newcomers as well. So we're doing initiatives like that to reach out to people. Um, I know the league has a uh with the amateur officials we have a diversity uh group that's working together to find more diverse uh ethnic groups and and uh cultures to to become involved in football. Uh so I'm part of that committee as well and and we're working towards getting getting more officials. Uh I'd like to see a lot more officials from different groups because it's it's the Canadian Football League. It was fantastic to watch the kicker from BC last night. Or his first ever points as a global player, um, so history was made. To um, to have people from diverse backgrounds, this is Canada, so you know we're the cultural melting pot of of everything, and and it's great to have to to go out and do a game with my French friends, to go out and do a game with uh, with the two ladies that we have on staff, Emily and uh, Georgina. It's fantastic um, to be welcomed as an Indigenous. Uh, Official is is great. Everybody knows that I am. I, I make it evidently clear to to my friends that uh, that I'm indigenous and, and you know we have a great I have a great number of friends from all across Canada where I can stay uh, anytime I'm traveling or when I go to a game. We we like to get together and and sit and laugh and talk about football.
0: Brian, thank you very much for stopping by. I really enjoyed that. Thank you very much. Brian Crupolo, the uh, CFL official and, of course, uh, involved in the community, policeman and uh, the, the Bear Clan as well. I just really enjoyed that conversation. Uh, homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTG Dean. Visit his website, DeanRomani.com, or give him a call at 416 885 Sixty-one. This is Yes Guy, TSN 1050, TSN 1050.ca. Also available in the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.
3: Yes Guy,
2: No Guy.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the fully sanctioned Yes Guy radio show edition of Yes Guy, No Guy. Go ahead, sir.
2: Because of what happened. Sorry about that. Because of what happened with the Evander Kane situation, the CFL and allegations that he bet on his own game, and he had a great year. The CFL has a real problem with this with this whole this whole situation.
0: Um, I I don't follow CFL. I'm sorry, the NHL. Oh uh, well, it's. You can't really comment on it because allegations are allegations until they're proven. They have to investigate it. They have to clear the air. So I'm going to say, no, guy, they don't have a problem with it. They just have to do their due diligence.
2: Well, I'm going to say they do have a problem with no other reason than his wife made the allegations. That's about as bizarre as you can possibly get. And second to that, the guy had a great season. So (laughs) there's so many layers to this. I think it's one of the most bizarre Stories that's come out in some time, particularly when we're talking about gambling and sports, is about to become huge.
0: Well, it is. Uh, you're, you're tying a couple of things together there. I would just suggest to you that publicly, uh, allegations are allegations until proven otherwise. But that means there's diligence on the league to investigate the matter independently and come up with their own conclusions and present those conclusions because uh, because of the allegations. Anyway, what we're drifting off here. Yes, guy, no guy. There's no better stretch runner than Andre Degras.
2: Um, yeah, I'd say there's no better stretch runner. He,
0: uh, well, I, I mean, come on, the format's yes guy, no guy. Go ahead. Okay,
2: no, there's way better stretch runners than him, and you want me to be negative about this? No, just see, tell me the truth. <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch enough of the track and field to say that, but if yeah. you want me to say no, because you're probably going to say yes, no, okay, I'll be controversial.
0: Okay, yes guy. He, I mean, I just love watching this man run in the stretch. I mean, he literally won. All those medals it wasn't a question about uh, you know uh, fading or anything. he just kept going i mean you wanted to, you wanted the race to continue every time he had so much left. Go ahead, sir.
2: watching Evan Dundee in race walking makes you want to go on tonight and just put a little bit more zip in your step when you're when you're walking
0: no guy, not in shape. I don't want to do that. I want to walk uh, casually and enjoy the walk uh, I don't want to go up medal when I get home. if you know what I mean yes, sir. Guy. Okay, um, yes guy, no guy. There should be multiple, multiple Lou Marsh winners this year.
2: No guy. Oh. You, you make one choice, and that's what it is. And, yeah, there's going to be a lot of debate about it, but at the end of the day, it's just one person, or will they make it one team? And that's the conundrum because of the soccer team. Go ahead, sir. Are you going to go through Olympic withdrawal when it's over?
0: Um, no, but no guy, but I have to qualify that. I want to see more of the women's soccer team. I want to see more of all those Canadian athletes that did us so proud. And I'm not just talking about the medal winners. It seems like they appear, then they disappear. Then they come back years later. And gee, I just want more. So uh, I'm going to say no guy, but uh, yes guy at the same time.
2: <laughs> no guy. Yes guy. split. Okay.
0: <laughs> you got 30 think... seconds.
2: I think if you saw it all the time, you wouldn't appreciate it as much as if you see it every four years. So there's something magical, mystical, just seeing these people come out of nowhere, do it, and then we don't see them for another four years.
0: Okay, I'm not going to disagree with that. So a quick yes guy, no guy. Hockey fans are salary cap obsessed.
2: Yes, guy. And this yeah. is terrible. This is ter- okay, one thing, I'll make it quick. A hockey player yeah. makes $10 million a year, that's a lot. A football player, basketball player, makes four or five times. Something's not right.
0: And on that note, we got to go. Hope you enjoyed this edition of Yes Guy. Yes
2: Yes Guy! guy! (laughs)